Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Not Feminist podcast. I'm your host, Annalise. Welcome to today's show. Um, <laughs> if I look a little sweaty and disheveled, uh, it is so hot here. And uh, I just this whole week in Arizona, it's just quintessential July in Arizona. It has been so, so hot. And I was sweating so much when I made dinner. Um, so that's that. But welcome. Um, thanks for tuning in. I'm going to be talking about body dysmorphia, um, beauty, vanity, modesty, femininity, um, the way we view ourselves, uh, body neutrality, all these things from a Christian worldview. And it's something I've kind of wanted to do a podcast on, but I was um, prompted by there's a tweet that was going around that got a lot of traction and a lot of response. And in it, the girl said, um, women are more attractive at 35 than they are at 25. This is just a basic fact. And then all these people were responding saying, well, I'm more attractive at 30 than I'm at 20. And, and whatever it was, it was kind of just a silly tweet. <laughs> and so I'm not even trying to draw attention to that. It's just that it got me prompt. It, it prompted me to start thinking about, um, how we respond to the process of aging and how we respond to our bodies and how we respond to, um, like, what if we don't really like the bodies we're in? How do you live with that? Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about on this topic is, I was just thinking about Proverbs and I didn't respond to this tweet directly, but my pseudo response is I said something to the effect of as we get older, we will, or I said, when a godly woman ages, she exchanges physical beauty for, um, for works, good works. Uh, what did I say? A legacy, a lasting legacy and works that praise her in the gates. Um, Proverbs 31, 30. I believe it is, says charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And if you look at Proverbs 31, um, you don't see, you, you see a woman who has built such a legacy and a life um, of hard work and of nurturing and of loving and serving others and of fearing the Lord. And it's almost like, at the end, you know, it could be this comment about what a beautiful woman she is, but we hear charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, a woman who fears the Lord, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so it just got me thinking about this is what should we be striving towards as Christian women? We, you can compare this and contrast this to the woman at the beginning of Proverbs, who um, it says that while her husband's out, she goes and basically solicits strangers, um, and to commit adultery on her husband um, while her husband is away. And she is using her charm and her beauty, right, to sin. She's squandering her legacy. She is um, destroying her life and others' lives. And she's using her charm and beauty in that sinful way. But at the just like the pious woman, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, it's going to fade, does she have a legacy at the end of her life? No. The Proverbs 31 woman has this legacy at the end of her life. Her beauty may have faded, but she has built something better. And um, it is the foundation of the good works and um, that that she was predestined to do, right? And then the Proverbs, the, the woman at the beginning of Proverbs, who is the adulterous woman, her beauty is gone. It's faded. 
and she has nothing to show for it. So I was just pondering these two women and I was thinking as a Christian woman, this should actually be very encouraging to me. Um, now I, I'm only 25 and that's still relatively young, but I will say that hitting 25 was my first like wake up call that I was getting older. I don't know why I just kind of thought I would be 22 forever and hitting 20, 20 25 was like, Oh, I, I really am like, I'm getting older. <laughs> and, um, and it should be encouraging as we age, as we get older, as our bodies change, that that's not the substance of life. Um, but for so many people, it is. Their beauty is how they get around in the world. It's how they um, derive their self-worth. It's how they um, I identify themselves. So it should be very... Um, we should be very in contrast to that Christian women should be building something that goes so far beyond just physical beauty, both in your marriage and your hobbies and ultimately, and first and foremost, your relationship with Christ. So what does that look like? Um, and how does that relate to body positivity or body neutrality and body dysmorphia? So if you listen to my uh, old podcast, Everyday Wife, you may have heard it was the first one I did actually. It's the very first podcast I ever did was my eating disorder story. Now you can go back and listen to that. And I give a little bit of background about my struggle with food and, and body image. But, um, I was, I was contemplating this because I, I have, I mean, I've recovered from the eating disorder that I had many years ago, but I still have, I would say pretty intense body dysmorphia, if you want to call it. Um, where like your perception of yourself doesn't match reality and it trips you up and you think of yourself differently than you actually look like in pictures. And if you've ever experienced this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's very strange. And I've never reached a point where I wouldn't say never, but I'm not at a point where I'm like, oh, I love my body. I love the way I look. And for so long, I, I've been trying to get to that point. And as I was contemplating, as I've been contemplating the Proverbs 31 woman um, and what it means to have a legacy and what it means to build a, a fruitful and beautiful and God glorifying life. And I'm just thinking about all these things. It just occurred to me that I don't need to love my body to do any of that. In fact, that language of like loving your body or being body positive is very, it's very worldly in a sense, just that it's, it's almost like this pressure from the world that you, that you need to be fulfilled with the way you look in order to enjoy life and in order to, to, to do things that make life beautiful and fulfilling. Does that, does that make sense? So, um, I asked that, like I can get feedback on my podcasts, which I can later, but not right now. But what, what I'm saying is that there's kind of this lie that like, well, if you just achieve perfect peace with your body, then you're able to, um, to operate and exist in the world in a way that's much more fulfilling. And I will say in a, in, there's a sense in which that's true, um, that, being distracted by a hatred for your body is very, very counterproductive to doing the things that you want to do. I'm not talking about that, but this idea that I need to achieve this kind of love and peace with the way I look 
um, in order to find um, like fulfillment in the day to day, I find that to be a very hard goalpost to strive towards. And I find that to be very unrealistic for most people. And there is a a concept in the world they've actually understood this and that's where the the concept or the term body neutrality has come from uh which is that you don't have to love your body or be positive about it but you you're neutral about it right you accept it and i think that's closer to the christian idea of how we interact with our bodies um that in a sense that it's not that i have to just adore myself or self-love or take myself out on dates but um, there has to be kind of a settledness and a peace there, or there, there, there should be right. And so what does that look like? Well, I, there's a few verses I think that kind of speak to this and I hope I'm not taking them out of context, but, um, one of the, well, the verse that really comes to mind is when Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. And I think that is a refrain that we can echo if you're someone who struggles with, uh, frustration over the way God made you, right? Maybe you're, you're healthy. I can relate to this. I'm a healthy individual. I'm a healthy, I'm at a healthy weight. I have a lot of healthy habits around food and I haven't reached the point where I feel perfectly confident in my skin. Um, I kind of cling to that verse that by the grace of God, I am what I am because I've, I've done the things I've been a good steward, you know, I'm a healthy weight, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I still find Ah, I just something about this body that I, this is, this is too big or this, that. And, and it's, it's so comforting to say with Paul, by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's not really a statement of like, is it good? Is it bad? It's just, I am what I am. (laughs) And I think that's a helpful mindset when we think and look at our bodies, which we have to exist in. We have to exist in these bodies as long as we, in fact, there will, the only time that we're not in our bodies is between our death and the resurrection when um, our bodies have not yet been raised and united with our spirits. So except for that amount of time, which is going to be a different amount of time for everyone. Also, uh, God is outside of time. So this is getting a little existential, but Aside from that time when our bodies are not united with our spirits, we're going to live this entire time and eternity in bodies. So it's not a silly thing to think about and to wrestle with. Now in heaven, we will have glorified bodies. And I'm absolutely, for those that know the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll have glorified bodies. And I am convinced um, (laughs) that we won't have body dysmorphia and all these issues. (laughs) Um, But the entire time that we are here on this earth, we have to live in bodies and it is not trivial to think and contemplate what that means to be a self with a body. So we've talked about the Proverbs 31 woman, the Proverbs 31 woman, it says charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So that touches on what is lasting, the fear of the Lord and her husband and children rise up and call her blessed. Her works praise her in the gates, right? She's building these lasting things. That's the goal. Build things that last So when your charm and beauty fade, you have something better, right? That's the goal. The goal is also not to be like the Proverbs seven woman. uh, What is it? Proverbs, the beginning of Proverbs, who's an adulteress and uses her charm and beauty to deceive, to manipulate, to ultimately bring others into and herself into sin and destruction. Don't want to be like that. Don't want to be like the world. 
where we put this pressure on ourselves that we have to love our bodies. And, um, you know, even if we are legitimately unhealthy, we just suppress that truth. And, um, you know, well, I'm beautiful the way I am. Well, yeah, you're made in the image of God. And there's there's beauty in that. But if we treat our bodies wrongly, it will show up. And there will be consequences in the way we feel and we can acknowledge that we don't have to like pretend that that's not a reality um i have at, in the past been overweight and so i understand this now i was like maybe a pound or two overweight but definitely not comfortable in my skin um and so i understand what it's like to have like a lower confidence and a frustration that comes from having genuinely poor habits. I don't need to lie to myself. I don't need to try to convince myself that it's all beautiful and great and fine. Um, the best thing I could do is <laughs> to surrender myself to the Lord and to cultivate habits that please him and let my body, let the chips fall where it may. Right. So, how does this all tie in? Well, we're people that live in bodies. We have to live in bodies the entire time we're here. And when we, if you're truly in a state, and I'm going to answer some questions after this that are going to go more in depth. But if you're truly in a state where you dislike the body you're in, it is a distraction. It's frustrating. But I have found that I can at times make the distinction between the way I'm feeling about my body at a given moment and the good things that God has called me to do in that moment. Because for a long time, it was like, and, and still many times, it's like, well, if I feel good about my body, then the rest of my life, I can feel good about. If I feel good about my body, then I can, uh, if I'm having a good body image day or whatever, then I can go about the tasks that day with a sense of confidence and purpose and joy. If I'm not feeling good about my body, my entire day is ruined. And that I think is where we have to say, we have to draw the line. We have to say, no, I can not be perfectly content with my body right now. I can acknowledge it's not what I want it to be, but I'm still called to have an attitude of service towards God and towards others where I actually have to discipline my mind to put aside my personal grievances with myself in order to, serve others and to, um, to love my family and to be the person I'm called to be. I hope that makes sense. And I hope that some of these questions I get into are going to, um, to, to get into this more. Last thing I want to say is that is I want to talk about how this pertains to femininity, because I was actually talking to a friend about this today about how body dysmorphia and a feeling of frustration or a feeling it not being at home in your body, a feeling it not being at peace with your body, how this relates to women um, specifically. Now, there are a lot of women reasons women might have this. Maybe they were assaulted or um, because of trauma or things like that. And I'm not getting into all that. There are reasons that women cultivate frustrations with being in the skin they're in. And a lot of it can actually, there can be a lot of insecurity about being in a woman's body and embracing your femininity in that sense. Um, I'm, I'm trying to explain this without it. Let, let me just give you a story. For instance, when I was 14, my family went to Las Vegas and I remember seeing all of these, these like trucks by drive by that like had like, 
uh, signs for prostitution. And it was just very, very dark. And there's a lot of objectification of women going on. And I remember I, I kept seeing these and we were walking down the street in Las Vegas. And I remember I just like burst into tears and just started crying. And I, I started saying, I don't want to be a woman. I don't like being a woman. I don't want to be a woman. It was very intense. And I think my mom and dad were just like, what's going on? Um, but I think that that what happened in that moment is what happens internally for a lot of women is they feel a sense of shame in being a woman. And so the body dysmorphia develops out of that or the insecurities develop out of that because they have a hard time embracing God made me a woman. This is the body that I'm in because maybe they feel that it lends them to, it makes them more susceptible, susceptible to objectification or um, like a, even assault or things like that. There's like a fear there. And maybe that wasn't your particular fear. That wasn't my particular fear necessarily, but I did feel a sense of oddness seeing like the feminine ideal portrayed in this super objectifying dark way and it produced a lot of confusion and angst for me and I want to say that if you are someone who feels not at home in your female body and I don't know if this takes the form of you know you just cover up all the time um, unnecessarily because you're trying to hide or if this may even takes the form of feeling like maybe I was born in the wrong body that there is hope to not feel that way anymore. And there is that healing is possible and to feel at home, to be a woman and to feel at home with your womanhood is possible. And I have experienced it myself. And, um, and there's hope for that. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you're struggling with the body dysmorphia, the, the feelings of foreignness in your own body, I would encourage you um, to renew your mind with the truth of God, how God made you and how God did not make any mistakes, that your form was not hidden from God when he made you in secret, that you are who you are by the grace of God and his grace toward you is not in vain. Speak that because that's, that's true about you is that, you know, if you feel uncomfortable in your femininity, you can say, but, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain. It is not without purpose. It is not without reason that you are who you are. It doesn't mean that your femininity is going to um, look a certain way. Probably won't look like me. I won't look like you. That's not what this is. But just that embracing and surrendering into I am who God made me to be is so powerful. And um, I hope that for everyone listening. So I want to get into some of these questions. I got a, a lot of good questions that I put on my story talking about this. Um, so let's just start at the beginning. And some of these I'm going to skip over because they don't necessarily pertain to the subject matter. I don't know if I made that clear in my story. So I apologize if I don't get your question because it doesn't pertain specifically to this subject. Um, let's, let's start with this balance between improvement and not hating body. So, uh, there's, um, yeah, this is a great question. It is okay to objectively want to change the way you look. Now, I want to be careful how I say that because there are certain things that we want to change about ourselves that are simply how God made us. And we need to be careful not to look God in the face and accuse him of wrong, right? Um, 
I think that things that change like immutable realities about yourself are wrong. Um, I'm not saying it's wrong to put in like for a costume to put in contacts of a different color, right? But to wrestle with how God created you is very different than I have some extra weight because of habits that I have around food. I'm going to change those habits and I'm going to lose the weight. That's not wrestling with how God made you wrestling with how God made you. Um, I would say things like plastic surgery and, um, with the exception of like when there are, um, let's say like burns or scars or things that, um, were not there originally. Right. This is a whole conversation. I'm not trying to get into all that, but I think we can intuitively understand what is wrestling with the way God made us. What is like trying to, change things about ourselves that are uniquely us. Like for me growing up, I always hated the way my legs looked and that's just, and it doesn't matter. Like if, you know, if I'm 10 pounds less than I am now, or if like my legs will always be that shape and they'll always be not the way that I wanted them to look or envisioned that they should look. It would be wrestling with God to really try to, to change that into such an extent that I, that I like it have a different shape. That's not happening, but we can exercise, eat well, steward our body. And so I think there's, there's hating your body is, um, is, uh, I think that's so counterintuitive. If you want to change and you do healthy things, you are loving yourself in that good, proper self love that, you know, talks about in Ephesians, no one ever hated his own body. Um, if you're hating your body, it's going to be actually very hard to do kind things for it. And that's, I think that you have to realize that if you want to improve your body and if you want to improve your health, you can't hate it because when you hate something, you don't treat it well. Does that make sense? Um, how to encourage a friend who feel like she hates her own body, but wants to be content. I'd say the things that I said earlier about what can she be content in? And, and it sounds really simple, but think about it. Does she have a loving family? Um, does she have a safe neighborhood that she can go on walks in? Does she have hobbies? Does she have books she likes to really get out of the place that liking your body is the end all be all that maybe I can be not super happy in my body, but I can still enjoy the book that I like and I can still bake something that I like and I can still decorate my house in a way that's enjoyable. I can still get coffee with a friend that those that that way I feel about my body in a certain moment does not it doesn't force me to not enjoy other aspects of my life. It's me that's saying that it needs to steal my joy. So I would encourage her with, um, you know, again, hating your body is totally counterintuitive to even improving it. Um, but also to look at things outside of her body that bring her joy and, um, a sense of fulfillment. Um, because, because it's really just one aspect. It's not the whole picture. Um, what is taking care of my body and femininity? Well, so many women spend so much time on their appearance, makeup and hair, et cetera. I was raised on a farm and I've never been taught to put a lot uh, into my appearance. Although I like to look nice. I often wonder if I should worry about it more. I don't think so. I mean, I, I speak for myself. I, I rarely wear makeup, been getting into it a little bit more. Um, I don't do my nails. I did my nails for the first time in like five years and I did not like it. And I haven't done it since because it was just, ugh. and um, I I don't wear makeup. I in I don't really do much with my hair. I I comb it and I try to keep it healthy. Um, 
I try to dress in a way that's feminine and I try to uh, take care of my skin that God gave me, things like that. Um, But makeup is not necessary to access your femininity. Uh, Jewelry is not um, uh, necessary to access your femininity. For some people, it's a helpful tool to help them get in touch with their femininity. And I'm not going to look at them and say, oh, well, that's like silly. They shouldn't feel that way. Because for some people, it is a helpful tool to really feel like they're connecting with, you know, using, you know, using tools to steward their femininity. And that's great. For me, I like to occasionally put on a little makeup, but um, I don't find that I feel less feminine without it at all. I feel very feminine wearing a skirt, um, having long hair. Uh, exercising in a way that supports my unique female physiology. Those are the things that make me feel feminine. Um, Having good nourishing drinks, um, stretching, things like that. And there are many ways to get in touch with that feeling of, wow, I'm a woman and I love this and I feel beautiful um, without necessarily doing makeup or hair. Um, Basic grooming is very good and that's good for everyone. what are some practical things, you, habits you have that help you embrace biblical femininity? So I've said this before on a different podcast with Optive, but um, so you, biblical femininity is not a term that is in the Bible, um, but it is a f- decent term that we can use to basically say, what are the characteristics that God um, wants for women? So, so the term Uh, Biblical femininity, it's not in the Bible, but it's what we use to describe attributes that are um, womanly, that the Lord um, presents as being beautiful and right for women to have. So having a quiet and gentle spirit and all of that. So I think Proverbs 31 is a great place to go. Um, And I would say one of the biggest things I've done to help me embrace biblical femininity, if you want to call it that, um, is simply evaluating how I view work. And I know that sounds like, wait, what does that have to do with femininity? Um, but something I noticed about the Proverbs 31 woman is how intentional she is with her time and how she views it all as like a blessing. And she's very, um, careful to, um, yeah, to, to steward her time and to be, um, to be, uh, hardworking in, in the place that God has given her and actually thinking in terms of industrious and industriousness and pouring into my household has really helped me to embrace that womanly calling I have. All right. So we're getting into some interesting ones here. So how do I respect my husband's preferences in my appearance when they are contrary to mine? I understand this very well without going into detail. And I think that you talk long and hard about what is important to both of you. And you work towards finding a compromise. And maybe this is where people would disagree with me. Some people would say, well, you just do whatever your husband wants you to. And I think if you have the grace to do that, then that's wonderful. But if those um, preferences that he has are like truly things that you feel genuinely uncomfortable in your own skin, I mean, that can breed bitterness and frustration. Um, And I think that talking about, okay, what is really important to you and, and how can I, how can we you know, have a compromise here where I'm doing some of the things that you really appreciate. And I also have some of the things that I like. I think that is absolutely okay. And I think that is the best way to, um, you know, 
try to safeguard against some of the bitterness that can happen. And uh, that that's a story for <laughs> another time. But um, I think t- talking about it, if you have the grace to be like, you know, if God gives you that like peace that you just want to do, you know, you want to honor your husband's preferences in that area. I'm not going to tell you not to. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Um, but absolutely try to find a compromise where, um, you know, you're honoring the fact that he has preferences, but you're also honoring that there are certain ways in which you are more comfortable in your skin and that's okay. That's not evil. Okay. Um, all right. Next question. How do you balance body dysmorphia, wanting to love your body and also honoring your husband and the temple when the world screams otherwise? I think some of my other, um, statements maybe spoke to this um as far as honoring your husband i do think that we have a duty in marriage both husband and wife um to take care of their health and fitness as far as it depends upon them and that um you know when i vowed um to love my husband i'm also vowing that like I'm not afraid that he's not going to find me attractive if I gained a bunch of weight. Right. Uh, or that he's, I'm not afraid he's going to leave me because of it. it's not a fear-based thing, but loving my husband, I take care of myself in the same way that I would want him to take care of himself for me. I don't want my husband to get grossly unhealthy. So why would I not do the same for him? So, um, I think it's absolutely okay to say, Hey, I'd really like to Let's say, you know, you are genuinely overweight and you want to lose some weight and you can think of that as a way of loving your spouse. I think that's beautiful. And I think that the world would say that's insane. You know, they should love you the way you are. Of course they should. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about what you do to love your spouse. If they're not fulfilling their vows to you before God, that's wrong. Okay. Um, But just talking about what you can do to love your spouse, taking care of yourself and, um, it's not wrong to say, well, I'm, I'm going to start a fitness routine because I want to get, you know, I want to look um, more toned or whatever. If you get obsessive about it, that's bad. If it becomes your idol, obviously that's bad. Um, but these things in and of themselves are not evil. Uh, do you think body dysmorphia is related to the sin of vanity? Um, yes, I absolutely think it can be. And, and pride. Um, I, I mean, I think you have to understand with body dysmorphia, it, it's literally just like you don't see yourself accurately. And there can be reasons that is, and maybe there's a vanity there of like, you have this glorious picture of yourself in your head and it's not that way in real life or body dysmorphia can be the opposite where you think of yourself as being really huge and in in reality you're not. That's something that I mean, like I've struggled with both, like, like an inflated view of self and a deflated view of self. And they vacillate at different times because human nature is weird. Um, (laughs) But I think that there absolutely can be vanity there to where we feel like even this idea that I have to know what I look like all the time. Yeah, there's probably some vanity there. How to use naturally feminine traits such as agreeableness or tolerance in a good way. Um, I think it's referring to, yeah, women are more, generally more agreeable. Um, this doesn't really pertain to this, but I'll just answer it real quick. Um, that um, eat, take the time to listen to people, take the time to truly hear people. And when you have to disagree with someone in a loving manner, 
you know, for me, that's hard because I'm super like quintessential, agreeable female. I always want to agree with people. I have to rely on God to give me the boldness and the strength to say, Hey, I think you're wrong about this, but I love you. Um, but that agreeableness and that tolerance that can help you be a very compassionate listener. And when it comes to the point where you do have to, um, say, no, I think you're wrong about this. You know, it's a chance to exercise, um, reliance upon God and to ask him to give you the strength to do it. All right. Back to, um, how to catch your brain sizing your brain up with your changing size, fourth pregnancy in four years and brain forgets what size I am all the time. Mirrors and shopping always catch me off guard. Um, I, I think there's something, it's almost inevitable in that sense. Um, that, we, you know, sometimes you do change faster than your brain can catch up and your brain is used to be you being a certain way. It's going to be hard. And so I don't think you need to put this pressure on yourself that you need to catch up with it. But when you see yourself, acknowledge it for what it is and, and accept that I, I say, focus more on habits than the actual appearance. What are your habits? Are they God glorifying? Are they healthy? Are they serving you? Um, focusing on that more than the actual appearance that you see. Um, okay. And then there were some questions on modesty and this is just a really interesting one. Um, because, you know, someone said how to cope with the modest women that your husband will be exposed to. Sometimes it feels like modesty is a moot point because all the other girls show off their bodies. Um, I will say this, I don't spend an iota of time worrying about, uh, my husband looking at other women. I just doesn't even, and I know that some women, do and that's not necessarily a refre- reflection on the husbands but for some people that's more of a concern for me it's just not something i even spend any a single brain cell on um it's like if there's some there's always going to be someone more attractive than me showing off a lot of skin um especially living in arizona <laughs> it's just hot and people walk around wearing very little clothing sometimes, but I don't let it, I mean, I just don't even, it doesn't even occupy any brain space for me. So I just say, talk to your husband if you feel that insecurity, um, because maybe you're just festering in it in your heart. And it's like, you're placing all this pressure and weight on yourself and maybe just talking about it would help you get some of that off. Um, but you know, it's like, I've looked at other men and thought, oh, they're attractive. And I've committed that sin against my husband of lusting. So I think that I, since I've done that, on my end, it just doesn't really register to me to be thinking about if my husband's doing that. Um, cause I have to watch that on myself. <laughs> um, all right. And then, uh, Christian guidelines for modesty. That is a different podcast, honestly, and something that I need to probably study because I, I don't think I'm equipped to say, uh, say what I think there just yet. Um, how, let's do this for the last one. How to find contentment in your postpartum body. It's okay to acknowledge that you've changed and you look different. Now for full disclosure, my body didn't change at all with pregnancy. <laughs> I actually lost weight since having my son. Um, and so it's something that potentially if the Lord gives us more children, future pregnancies, I'm all thinking it's probably going to come at some point. Um, my body really didn't change um, at all with having a kid. And so I can't necessarily speak to this, but having talked to other people and seen their stories, how to find contentment in your postpartum body, it's okay to acknowledge that you've changed. It's okay to acknowledge that 
you're not super comfortable with it. I think, again, the world like tries to sometimes gaslight women into being like, well, just embrace it and accept it. The best thing I think you can do is to focus on, um, instead of focusing on results that you want with your body, focus on habit-based, what's the word? Habit, action-based goals versus result-based goals. And this is the last thing I'm just going to share on that. That um, results-based goal says, I'm going to lose five pounds in five weeks or whatever. Results-based goal says, I'm going to go on a walk every day and I'm going to uh, drink more water and work on hydration. Those are actions that will Lord willing um, lead to results, but the results themselves aren't what you're working towards. You're working towards the actions that may or may not Lord willing will produce results. And that can help you in your postpartum state when you're thinking, well, I have this certain goal with what I want to look like, scale it back and think in terms of actions. I want to um, nourish myself properly to be able to, if you're breastfeeding, to be able to breastfeed my baby. I want to, um, get movement when I'm healed enough that will help me have (laughs) better mental health postpartum and, um, you know, will be good for me and set those action-based goals that have to do with more of the things you do versus the results that you may or may not achieve. And then if you don't achieve them, you feel super discouraged and down on yourself. So that would be my, um, my advice there. Um, I, yeah, it's, yeah. So I think that's about it for today. I hope this was helpful. I know it's kind of all over the place, but if you enjoyed it and you want to give it a share, please tag me on Instagram. I love seeing that. And, um, and if you have questions or concerns, or I said something you're like, "Mm, Annalise, I don't think that's right. Please uh, feel free to reach out to me and tell me that and we can talk about it. Um, I really appreciate being able to have discussions about this. So, um, always DMs are open. I hope this was um, a blessing to you in whatever phase or stage of life you're in. And um, until next time, have a good day.